What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back along to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min football family. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we're going to discuss the latest Arsenal-related transfer news. And we've got a big update with regards to Declan Rice to talk about, which dropped last night. We're going to get into it. We're going to pull it apart. We're going to get into the ins and outs of it. We're going to be talking about the price point that has been mentioned was it? A, is it too much? Are we potentially overpaying for Declan Rice? Or is this one of those signings that falls into the category whereby you just pay whatever it takes? We'll get into all of that on this edition of the Chronicles of Aguna. But before we dive into it, if I could ask you to leave a like on the video if you're watching us on YouTube. Subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube. Subscribe on any audio platforms that you may be listening to us from as well. Leave us a review on audio. It really, really does help. We're on a journey. We want to get to 30,000 YouTube subscribers ASAP. I'm hoping to achieve that by the end of the year. That feels kind of realistic. So let's try and push towards that. And um, and yeah, you know what to do. Uh, you know what buttons you need to press. Um, listen, just a quick uh, sort of disclaimer at the start of the show. If you can hear dogs barking, it's because I've got every door, every window open because it is pushing 30 degrees here in North London. It is really, really warm, really warm. I can't bear to close the doors. I can't bear to close the windows. But obviously, the neighbours have all done the same. And so those that have dogs, so as Loris, either side of me, have their dogs out in the garden and they have been barking a little bit this morning. So if you hear that, I apologise. Um, I, I am aware of it, but barring jumping over the fence and and doing something I shouldn't. I can't really uh, do too much about that. Um, let's say a few hellos because there are plenty of you joining us in the live chat. Uh, Glenn Goldsworthy is with us. We've got Raphael Lim who says, Hi, Harry and fellow Gunas. Good evening from Singapore. Uh, we've got Halo Mateus who says, Morning, looking smart on TalkSport. Thank you very much. I did speak to Adi Oladipo and Rory Jennings on their transfer show over on TalkSport last night. You can find the video. Uh, I posted the link on my socials earlier today. Check it out. Spoke to them uh, for a good few minutes about the Declan Rice news, which I didn't know we were going to talk about, actually. It literally broke as we were waiting to speak. Uh, so it was a little bit of improvisation, but we've been talking about this player and the potential of him moving to Arsenal for so long. It wasn't too difficult. Uh, big hello to Mafia Boss, who says, Morning, my brother Harry. Uh, Faluso is with us. We've got Paul... Joining us from Nairobi in Kenya, Junior Gunner says, nice fresh trim, mate. Thank you. It's been a little while now, actually. It's been about a week, but anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, we've got uh, Kengu, who joins us from Monrovia in Liberia. We've got uh, Daniel, who joins us from Glasgow. Uh, Graham says, good to have a morning pod. Good to see you, my friend. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Tom says, hi, everyone. Saliba first, Rice second, then Mark incoming. And we've got uh, then Mark incoming and Bappe incoming and we've got Mark in the comments saying good morning Harry as well okay so let's bring you up to speed what is the update 
What have we heard? What's the latest with regards to Declan Rice? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to share my screen for those of you that are uh, listening, uh, watching us, I beg your pardon, on YouTube. Let's have a little look at the story published by Jacob Steinberg yesterday. Now, Jacob Steinberg is not normally one of the names that you associate with Arsenal stuff. Now, that's not to discredit Jacob Steinberg. He's He's fantastic at what he does, but he isn't a David Ornstein or a Charles Watts or any of those names in the sense of Arsenal doesn't really feel like his kind of main remit, the, the main sort of club that he covers. We do know, though, that Jacob Steinberg is very, very plugged in to West Ham United. Previous evidence tells us this. If you look back at some of the stories that he's broken in the past, they've been spot on when it comes to West Ham United and from sort of speaking to people in the business over the last couple of days and wanting to learn a little bit more about some of the names that have been talking about the potential of Declan Rice joining Arsenal. Uh, I was told on numerous occasions by numerous people that Jacob Steinberg is one of the people to go to when it comes to West Ham United. So not necessarily one from our side, but one from the other side. And this is what Jacob Steinberg published yesterday uh, on the Guardian's website. He says, Arsenal are close to agreeing a fee with West Ham for Declan Rice and are expected to pay more than £100 million for the midfielder if certain add-ons are achieved. West Ham have accepted they are going to lose Rice and Arsenal are ready to make him the most expensive player in their history. A bid is yet to be submitted. The talks between the clubs are progressing smoothly and there is a confidence that the deal will be finalised soon. Arsenal have made Rice their top target and will face no issues when it comes to personal terms. They're moving quickly in an effort to ensure the deal goes through without any hitch and have been keen to pay about £90 million for the 24-year-old. West Ham want as much money as possible and have asked for add-ons that would take the fee to more than £100 million. Arsenal's transfer record, of course, is the £72 million paid for Nicolas Pepe in 2019. Now, you can read the rest of the piece from Jacob Steinberg. He goes on to say that sources believe the prospect of a rival club trying to sign the West Ham captain is receding. Bayern Munich, Chelsea, Newcastle and Manchester United have looked at signing Rice, but Arsenal, who are looking for ways to move out Pepe and Cedric Suarez, have been the most aggressive in attempting to buy him. Arteta is a huge admirer of the England international and is determined to add to his squad. Arteta believes Rice will be key to helping Arsenal to mount another challenge for the Premier League title, and he's prepared to make space for the midfielder by allowing Granit Xhaka to join Bayer Leverkusen. Arsenal are also considering bids for Brighton midfielder Moises Caicedo, who is wanted by Chelsea and are trying to sign Manchester City's Ilkay Gundogan on a free transfer. So, look, we'll break this all down because there's quite a lot to discuss uh, from there. There's quite a lot to unpack. Uh, so, first of all, let's make it clear that according to this piece from Jacob Steinberg, no official bid has been submitted yet. But talks about the fee, talks about... What it's going to take to get this deal done have been ongoing between Arsenal and West Ham United. We know that West Ham are resigned to losing Declan Rice because they said as much themselves. Their chairman, David Sullivan, came out the day after the Europa Conference League final, which, as I said at the time, surprised me a little bit because I felt like it weakened their negotiation position. But he came out, he said his bit, um, and obviously we've known since then that West Ham are looking to work on a deal. But as Jacob Steinberg also reports, West Ham will be looking to get the maximum amount of money available 
So they should. You know, that's how it goes. Um, Arsenal willing to pay around about 90 million. It's not clear what the structure of that 90 million pound looks like. There were suggestions that there could be around about 70 million of it paid up front with the rest being paid in installments. But it seems like West Ham wants some add-ons included that if all triggered would take this deal to over 100 million pounds. Wow. 100 million pounds. What do we think about that? 100 million pounds for Declan Rice potentially. So, as I've been saying to you guys for quite a while now, I've got a few categories in terms of how I'm categorizing our players or the players, I should say, that we're looking to sign. There are some that I believe are as close to guaranteed as possible to come in and improve your side, in which case I'm happy to see us just go a little bit further in terms of the price point on those players to get those deals done. There are players that I'd be interested in if the price is right. And there are players that I just think would be a massive, massive gamble. Declan Rice falls into the first category for me. I think Declan Rice improves this team. I think he improves the midfield. And if you think back to the the post-match podcast following our defeat up at Manchester City in the game that ultimately, you know, finished our title chances. I remember saying post-match and I remember thinking and I remember discussing the fact that I looked at that Manchester City side and I just saw so much power. You know, just way more power than we had at our disposal. The kind of power that we could really do with in the middle of the park. And add to that that Declan Rice can play as the six should Thomas Partey a, be unavailable or B, see his form drop off once again, like it did at the back end of last season. Or he can play in the Granite Xhaka position, in which case you could have a midfield of Partey, Rice and Odegaard. That is pretty special, isn't it? That is really, really special. So going out and getting Declan Rice for me is something that we should absolutely, definitely 100% do. And if it costs us a little bit more than we were initially comfortable with paying, then so be it. Arsenal will find the money from somewhere. They have to. And it looks like they will be willing to. I said to you guys yesterday that I still don't feel like we're going to be able to land Rice and Caicedo. And I stick by that. I very much do believe that it's going to be difficult to do both of those deals. Jacob Steinberg talks about Caicedo, talks about Gundogan. We'll get onto that in a minute. But just in terms of the Rice potential signing, because it's not done yet, I think this sends a huge message. I think this is a massive, massive statement signing if Arsenal can get this over the line. Because not only are they going out and bringing in a top player and a player that immediately improves them, but they're also signing a player who is wanted, admired by a number of other clubs. Arsenal are in a position to act quickly. I think that's why they feel it so important. And that's why they really, really want to wrap this up ASAP. They're the front runners. The personal terms, as as is reported, shouldn't be a problem. But I think for me as well, to go out and get one of the most sought-after players in the Premier League is a big statement. Because 18 months ago, Arsenal couldn't do that. Let's be honest. Let's be realistic about it. A, because of the price point. Without Champions League football, Arsenal you felt had a kind of ceiling of around about 50 to 60 million pounds they were able to spend. When it got to January of uh, of this year, we saw Arsenal willing maybe to go a little bit beyond that to sort of 70, 75 million pounds with the likes of Caicedo, potentially Mikhailo Mudrik, etc. But none of those deals came to fruition. But the return of Champions League football at Emirates Stadium 
feels like it's given the club a, a financial boost that means they can now go that extra mile. They've been working for years to trim down the wage bill, to trim down the squad. They've wanted to build on the squad, but build on it by adding players with versatility as opposed to focusing on maybe, as maybe other clubs have done in the past, having two or three players that can play in every position. That's a great position to be in, but you have to be realistic about the way Arsenal operate. And so to me, it feels like they're looking at versatility as a way of potentially making a squad that looks smaller in terms of numbers, stronger in terms of its depth and its ability to adapt and cope with absences. So uh, Declan Rice ticks that box. As I say, he can play as a six, he can play as an eight. You could even chuck him in at centre-back in a desperate situation as well. Um, so this is someone who adds power, who adds quality, who adds experience in the Premier League and who immediately elevates the level of this team. Now, I'm not saying that he's like a much better player than Granit Xhaka, because I think Granit Xhaka has been excellent this season. But Granit Xhaka's 30. It's not going to last forever. We know that he wants to go back. Declan Rice could well be a, a permanent and important fixture in that midfield for the next five, six, maybe even longer years to come. And um, and I think he just brings an extra athleticism to that midfield that we've been without uh, for a little while. So, um, yeah, let's see how that goes. Gives us flexibility as well, being able to play with two defensive midfielders if we want to. You could put Rice alongside Partey and you could go into real defence mode away from home, maybe, at the likes of Anfield, at the likes of the Etihad, etc., etc. So flexibility is everything, I think, in this. Let's take uh, some of you guys' uh, thoughts. Uh, King Musa says, Raicedo incoming. I'm not sure that we're going to be able to get uh, Kaiseido as well, but we'll have to see how that plays out. Cass says, the only time I will believe this transfer will happen is when I hear it from Fabrizio Romano. Here we go. Listen, guys, Fabrizio Romano is great at what he does, but he isn't the only journalist out there with any, with information. And a lot of the time, Fabrizio Romano... Um, is the one that has to say it for people to believe it. But a lot of the time, these stories originate from elsewhere as well. So let's um, let's not be, let, let's not discredit Jacob Steinberg's information is what I'm saying, because he's got a great track record. What else have we got? Name says, nice talk sport feature, Harry. Thought it was interesting how they were worried about how AFC was run. RE contracts and you and Arsenal fans were just like, they do it class at the moment. Let me just provide a bit of context to that. So one of the questions I was asked by Ade Oladipo, the host, was am I worried that Arsenal are going down a bit of a dangerous path in terms of like bolstering the, the salaries of some of their players? You know, Saliba rumoured to be signing soon. There's discussions around Odegaard's deal. Ramsdale's just signed a new deal. Saka, Martinelli, all of these guys have had significant wage bumps. And am I worried that Arsenal won't be able to cope with that or could be sleepwalking back into the position they were in a few years ago, whereby the wage bill is out of control? And my answer is no, because I think Arsenal have prepared really, really well for this. That's why they made a conscious effort to pay off people and get them off the contract, um, you know, cycle, get them off the wage bill, get them out of the way so that they could clear the space. And that's why we're happier to have or happy to have a slightly smaller squad and look to build it via versatility as opposed to having two, three players in every position because we are 
well aware of our financial situation. KSE are, I beg your pardon, KSE are a, uh, an ownership group that will want to return to a, a self-sustaining model sooner rather than later. And that will happen at some point. But for them to be taking these steps, they believe if the team is competitive and if the team continues to earn the kind of prize money it did this year and all the rest of it, they can live with that. They can cope with that. Um, they'll also be able to sell if they do business well in terms of signing up people on contracts if they find themselves in a situation where they need a cash injection. Plenty of good players at the football club, plenty whom for you could command a big fee nowadays. And that's a that's a big thing as well. Arsenal didn't have that luxury maybe a few years ago. Uh, what else have we got? The Cam Fanatic says, so it's going to be Rice and Gundogan. Who gets Caicedo in your opinion, Harry? I don't know that it's going to be Rice and Gundogan. The, the team that I'm concerned about when it comes to Caicedo is probably, uh, is probably Chelsea because I feel like they have the spending power. Um, I feel like we talk a lot about the London factor. Chelsea obviously have that. We have the Champions League, but I'm worried that we won't meet the price that Brighton are asking for, but we'll have to wait and see. It's clear that Arsenal have prioritised Rice first. Um, they want to get that deal done first. It seems, based on what we're hearing, the noises that are coming out, will they turn to Caicedo? We'll have to wait and see as well. Uh, MM says, this is quick. It looks like Edu will get their priority target. Listen, the other thing as well that people need to realise is that the transfer window isn't even open yet. So Arsenal could make loads of progress behind the scenes and then this all goes quiet for a few weeks until the transfer window opens, in which case people are going to obviously, inevitably lose their minds and say, what the hell's going on? Why is this taking so long? Arsenal being slow, etc., etc. But the window does not open until July. So hold your horses on it. Mario says, morning, Harry, mate, and morning, all you fellow Gooners. It's El Scorchio uh, working outside, listening to this. And I think you'll be a class addition for us and defo worth the fee. Uh, Chris Summers says, I just can't allow myself to get excited about this until he's holding the shirt. Too much history has happened. That's fair. That's fair. Um, we'll take some of your questions in a little bit. Um, let me just run through a couple uh, more uh, stories, a couple more bits and pieces that I wanted to talk about. So get your questions in, actually. Start flooding the chat box with them. Put a little cue at the beginning and we'll take as many of those as we can. Um, the Ilkay Gundogan thing ongoing, as far as we know. Arsenal want to be informed uh, of uh, of his situation and are keeping close tabs on that. Mikel Arteta has contact with uh, the German uh, international Ilkay Gundogan, apparently. Uh, so Arsenal in the mix for him, but I'm not even entirely convinced that he's going to leave Manchester City just yet. We also heard yesterday that Bernardo Silva has reiterated his want to leave Manchester City. He said it in the past, stayed on, continued, just became a treble winner. He's another player that I'd be interested in if the terms were right as well. Um, what else uh, was there that I wanted to touch on? I wanted to talk a little bit about Kylian Mbappe, not because I think Arsenal are going to sign him, but I just think this is a massive opportunity for somebody to go out and get uh, Kylian Mbappe because, of course, his uh, contract situation at PSG is is really, really interesting. He had an option to extend things uh, by another year to 2025. Looks like he's not going to be doing that. He's made it clear to PSG that he will not be uh, extending and he will not be taking up that option to see his contract extended which means that PSG could look to sell him this summer. They won't 
uh, want to lose him on a free transfer next summer. Maybe they could sell him in January. I don't know, but I always feel like the massive mega money deals are more likely to happen in the summer. So, yeah, um, I think that Kylian Mbappe is on the move this summer. Where does he go? I would have said Real Madrid, but did Real Madrid kind of account for this? Did they know this was coming? Maybe because they're losing Karen Benzema and haven't replaced him yet. Maybe it's all intertwined and all interlinked. And, and that's why Real Madrid were OK with Benzema's departure, because they thought that they could potentially force PSG's arm this summer uh, to let Kylian Mbappe go, given his contract situation. Is it an option or is Arsenal an option for Kylian Mbappe? I've seen loads of Arsenal fans say, go out and get him, go out and get him. I've seen some journalists even report that it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Me personally, though, I don't see this coming. Um, I don't see this happening. I don't see him being a viable option for Arsenal. I think it will cost way too much money. I mean, obviously, I'd love him. I think he's the best forward in the world. I think most people would uh, welcome him at Emirates Stadium with open arms, but I just don't see that happening. So let's not uh, get too carried away about that. But uh, the main story, the main headline uh, today is, of course, uh, that Arsenal are said to be closing in on that £100 million deal in total, of course, for West Ham United's Declan Rice. Look, going to take a very, very brief pause, and then I'm going to take a few of your questions before I go outside and enjoy some sunshine. Okay, uh, let's roll uh, through some of these questions. Uh, Seven says, Harry, are you advertising Ryanair? No, there was a banner coming up on the page uh, that I was um, that I was sharing with you guys, not advertising Ryanair. Never would. Ryanair and Wizz Air, two airlines, you're not going to get me advertising. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, uh, Raphael Lim says, hi, thanks for the analysis on Declan Rice's entry. Um, I heard on the Tom Cantor show that both of you and him are doing a show that will be shown tomorrow. What will you be covering? I think we're going to talk about transfers. I think we're going to do some kind of list. Um, not 100% sure, but we are recording something later tonight. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, which I'm uh, looking forward to. Uh, Alex says, uh, would you get Zubimendi if we can't get Caicedo? I really like Zubimendi. I do. I think he's got a lot going for him. I love sort of his tenacity for someone that isn't necessarily the biggest in terms of his frame. I love that he looks really technically secure as well. I don't think he will give you as much energy and as much dynamism as Moises Caicedo would. But I think he'd give you a higher technical level at this stage. Caicedo's still young, raw, could develop in that department. But I think they bring different things to the table. I think in the Premier League, Caicedo would probably be the more effective to begin with. We've also seen him do it in this division. We know he can do it. But, um, you know, both of them are, are good options for me. Um, both of them are good options for me. Uh, Jay Sayers says you can actually sign players now. You just can't register with the Premier League for a few weeks. Yeah, and you can make announcements and stuff and you, you can do all the paperwork. Of course you can. But the point is that you can't officially register them. And therefore, if you do it tomorrow or you do it at the end of June, it doesn't make an awful lot of difference. And Often these things can be done in advance without everybody knowing about it, only to be announced a little bit later on. Mafia boss says, why can't we get both? He means Rice and Caicedo. Surely we can. The Cronkies have to back their man. Maybe they will. And if they do, I'll be pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. And I'll be the first to sit here and give them credit. But unfortunately, guys, I just can't see it. I just can't. 
Alex says, will you be in Nuremberg for the preseason game in a month? I won't be um, having a bit of a break this summer. This has been a really, really difficult season in terms of how much has been going on. I'm not complaining about my job because I absolutely love it. But I covered so many games, traveled to so many games, um, had the World Cup slap bang in the middle of it. And then it was back to the grind and literally got back from Istanbul on su- late on Sunday night when I was covering the Champions League final. So I am knackered is the truth. And I need a bit of time. I need you know, the rest of this month where we will be bringing you podcasts as well. But of course, just for the rest of the stuff to just be a little bit calmer. Uh, And then July, um, the same up until our preseason really kicks into gear. I am just going to be trying to get as much downtime in as as I possibly can. Not going to Nuremberg, but we'll be right across it on this channel. Um, And uh, if the game is televised, hopefully we'll be able to do a watch along um, and you guys can uh, join me to take a look at some of our new signings by then, hopefully. Uh, fingers crossed. Uh, Halo says, I think 100 million is the new standard for those elite midfielders out there. Just look at the price of Bellingham as well. I just wonder what that does to the asking price for Caicedo. Yeah, um, it's a good point. You know, I think that I, I think that Rice has done it for a little bit longer in the Premier League and being an England international, there is always that premium that gets chucked in on top. So I don't think that it's going to have too much of an impact on Caicedo. I think you can pick up Caicedo for anything between 75 and 80 million pounds. It is a lot of money. And if you're going to pay 100 plus for Rice, then you can understand why I feel like it's unlikely we do both of those bits of business, given we still need to strengthen defence, in my opinion, in attack as well. Uh, but we'll see. Um, we'll see. Uh, George says Romano um, named Arsenal as one of Mbappe's options. Do you even think we have a one percent chance of that happening? I'd like to see to think we do, but guys, the, the money it's going to cost—not just in terms of to get him out of PSG, but in terms of what it's going to cost on a weekly basis—is is mental. I think with Mbappe, you'd get a lot of it back because he is someone that is incredibly marketable. He's one of the faces of football these days. I just look at Kylian Mbappe. I look at his career so far, and I've just always felt for a number of years now that Kylian Mbappe is destined to go to Real Madrid. And I think that will be his next move. I think that will be his next move. Uh, Lushane says, uh, would you buy a striker or use Balogun? I'll take a look at Balogun over the summer. My, my concern about Balogun is that he isn't quite, what I'd be looking for in terms of his profile, great goal scorer, all of that stuff. Love it. Is he as good at link up as Gabriel Jesus? Probably not. I'd also argue that we probably need a slightly different type of center forward going into next season. I think we need a plan B is Balogun that much of a different plan in comparison to Jesus. I've said that his link up plays probably not there yet, but he's still of a similar build A player who comes alive in the penalty area. Is he someone that you're going to be able to go that little bit more direct to? I don't think so. And I think that we need to have different options. I would cash in on Balogun now, genuinely. I think this is a great time to sell him. I think his stock is as high as it's probably ever going to be at this moment in time. Cash in, take the money and look at other options. Uh, Chris says, uh, with N'Golo Kante almost completed to Al Itihad, you think this means that Chelsea are confident on Caicedo? I think it means they'll try. And I think as long as we can match them financially and Brighton have no reason to choose them over us, 
I don't think we have a problem getting Caicedo to the Emirates. I think we are a much more attractive proposition than Chelsea right now. I really, really do. I really, really do. Um, what else have we got? There's so many questions coming through. I'm just going to have to pick uh, a couple uh, before I disappear. I need to go and pick up my little one uh, from nursery. And then I'm going to uh, put my feet up, catch up with some emails, have a nice cold coffee, I think, out in the garden and take in this beautiful sunshine. Um, what have we got? What have we got? Uh, Cass says, at this moment, it's all about players Arsenal will sign, but I will be interested to see how much Arsenal bring in from player sales at the end of the transfer window. I've seen some Arsenal fans suggesting that we'll bring in 100 million, maybe more than that. I don't, I don't think that. I think if we're going to get the rumoured 15 or so for Xhaka, which isn't a lot, and I've repeatedly said isn't enough, for a player of his quality, you know, that's 15 there. If you sold Kieran Tierney and you got 30 to 40, you're talking then what? Let's say 40, 55. Who else can you sell for big, big money? Tavares? No. Lakonga, No. Balogun, maybe if you could get 30 for him, that pushes it up to sort of around about the 80, 85 million pounds mark. But beyond that, I don't think we, we bring in too much more. So I don't think it will be a crazy amount. But I guess the more we can bring in, the more we can offset against some of these transfers that we're looking to bring in. And I guess the more that gives us freedom to to push that a little bit further when we need to to sign certain players. Uh, what else have we got? Um, Jay Sayers asked about Castagna. We talked about him yesterday. He says, that thoughts on Castagna? For me, he's barely an upgrade on Cedric. Awful player. I don't think he's an awful player. I don't think he falls into the Cedric bracket for me because I think he can play both sides, which is important. I keep talking about versatility. You'd have heard me say it at the start of the show. I think his technical level is pretty good, Timothy Castagna. Some questions can be asked of him defensively, but I've seen Timothy Castagna produce at a really, really high level during his time at Atalanta and during the beginning of his Leicester City career. I still believe there is a player in there, but this falls into that category I was talking about if you can get this deal done for eight to 10 million pounds and it's a squad option, go and do it. Fine, I'm okay with it. It isn't going to be your marquee signing. It isn't going to be your flagship signing of the summer. But but um, if you're talking more money, the kind of money that hampers you in doing anything else, then no, not for me. Right, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you guys uh, for tuning in. Apologies, it wasn't the longest episode. Uh, I want to bring you guys uh, some more content over the course of the week. We'll have a show tomorrow. Uh, we'll have a show on Thursday, rounding up the transfer news. Uh, I'll be talking about my uh, summer wish list on Thursday as well. But I also, on Thursday evening, if possible, want to hold a phone in where you guys can come onto the show and tell me your thoughts about this transfer window. Uh, so details will be announced about that. So keep an eye on uh, the Chronicles social pages at Chronicles underscore AFC on Twitter. And you can keep an eye on my personal handle as well, which is at Harry Simuel. Also keep you updated. Right. Going to love you and leave you all. Uh, take care. Have a great Tuesday. And unless anything else major or significant breaks this afternoon, I will see you all tomorrow. Until then, goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. 
Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today.